morning. How are we doing? Good to uh, see you this morning. Good job braving the weather to get here. Uh, we're anticipating uh, God to uh, do our work this morning. We're in week two of our series on the wonder of Christmas. And we're going to look at joy this morning. And what a powerful sentence to stop and think about this Christmas, how the path of our lives have been unfolding. And as you have made your way through the ups and downs on your road, whatever that road is that brought you here to this point today, what a last statement we just heard in the video and how true it is about our lives, right? The journey was always leading you to Jesus, There's a wonder of joy waiting to be experienced this Christmas as you realize that the road you've been down intersects with the Savior who was born for you. The difficult journey, the the, the greater the joy will be when you come to the realization that, that He really is the Lord and Savior of all. He is worthy to be followed, worthy of all we have to offer him once we come into his presence. This is what the wise men ultimately found when they followed the star that led them to the promised Messiah. It was a difficult journey. It was a taxing journey that that cost them time and resources to go on. And ultimately, it was worth it and allowed them to come face to face with the newborn king. After miles and miles of searching, after being persistent, the star in the night sky guided them to the Savior who had been born in a stall or a cave. That they likely were overcome by emotion, by by reverence, by awe. And they probably had a lot of joy. The the story is told in Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. It says this this morning. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, (coughs) in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For, For we saw his star When it rose and we've come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. And he acquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and he he ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too might come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they Had seen when it arose and went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. 
And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw that the child was with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and they worshipped him. And then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. So, so as they departed from the one that had invested so much time and energy to seek out, they likely shared their story with those they came in contact with on their way home. That they likely shared, shared the good news of their encounter with the Christ child to anyone who would listen. And while Jesus did come to this earth for a purpose, he did so with you and I in his mind's eye and his heart full of hope. And yes, you were created on purpose for a purpose. And part of that purpose is to experience the wonderful joy that a life-changing relationship with Jesus gives us when we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus as Savior. Maybe you're here today and you haven't really stopped to think about the fact that God wants to connect with you and wants you to be reminded of the true meaning of Christmas. Or maybe you're here today and you took a left turn and, and you once felt close to Jesus and you were following him, but now not so much. Wherever you are on your journey, no matter how difficult it has been, Jesus wants to give you the wonder of his joy this Christmas. So, so what is joy? What does it mean to have Joy, it means that you have the strength from God to face anything. It means that you know that you are blessed in everything. And no matter what the circumstances of life are for you, that God's joy is in your heart. Joy doesn't come from what you have. It comes from what you know can't be taken from you. That's where joy comes from. You know, they can take your job, but they can't take God's purpose from your life. So you can have joy no matter what the circumstances. They can take a relationship from you, but they can't take God's love from your life. So you can have joy no matter what. They can take your health, but they cannot take God's grace. They can even take your life, but they can't take God's promise of eternal life. So there is joy no matter what. That's why the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always. I don't know about you, but, but that's my favorite verse to memorize. Right? First of all, it's a great verse. Second of all, it's like two words, and so I can do that, right? Rejoice always. Here's the part that bugs me, though. The part that bugs me is the always part. Right? Really? Always? Even when I'm going through the, the tough stuff, have joy always? Like, how do you do that? How do you find joy in the ugliness of an imperfect world that we live in? Well, that's the message of Christmas. It's that God came to bring joy into that kind of a world. So we're going to talk about where joy comes from this morning. We're going to see how those people in the Christmas story had joy in their lives. You look at the shepherds and they talk about joy. You look at the wise men and they 
talk about joy. Mary and Joseph talk about joy as well. And not just for them, but for us as well. And so as I was thinking about the Christmas story this past week, I was thinking about how it probably was such a big news day back in in those days and how it really still is a big news day. And so I was thinking about the story of Christmas and how if it was like an internet headline, what would that look like? And so this is what I did. I asked the high school youth group because I figured they could do this well. If they could think of some clickbait headlines as it pertains to the story of Christmas. And this is what they came up with. Are you ready? Number one, they did a lot more than these, but we only have time for a few. They were awesome, right? King of kings, born in a stable, eyewitnesses, shepherds tell all. Number two, good news from the angels, unbelievable story on page 27. Three wise men follow a star, lead them to the prophesied baby Jesus. You won't believe what happens next. And then the last one, scandal. Engaged woman having a baby. It's not his. (laughs) Right? Aren't those great? And then you said there were a lot more. The question today is, how do you not just click on the story to find joy? How do you not just talk about it, but how do you actually have it? How do you actually see it? How do you actually have it in your life and you live it out? So along those lines, we're going to look at five shocking truths about how joy comes into our lives. And the first one we learned from the shepherds. Go ahead and take your note sheets out. You can follow along with me this morning. The, the, the first one is joy is here. So like I have a, an app on my phone, it's called 360 or Life 360, right? It tells me where my wife is so I can like track her down. She has one on me too, by the way, so it's okay. So, so on the app, it has this dot where she is, right? And so I can look at it and I go, oh, there's a dot, that's where she is. And it's not like there's a line from that dot to out here where joy is. Right? If it was tracking joy as as well as where she was, joy would be what? Where the dot is. It's not someone else, somewhere else. It's here. It's where you are. That's where we find joy. The shepherds discovered joy Where they were, right? Luke 2, verses 8 and 9, in the same region, there were some shepherds studying out in the fields and and, or staying out in the field. They weren't studying. They were just staying out there. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. And and the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before, before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. So, So here were the shepherds, right? It's another... Night like any other night. They're they're watching the sheep. Now, can I tell you, like, sheep are not exciting. Right? Like, they're not not exciting when they're awake. They're really not exciting when they're sleeping. They're all out there sitting watching these white lumps out in the field. And all of a sudden, in the midst of life, in, in the midst of the boring, in the midst of the routine, In in the midst of business as usual kind of life, God shows up. Joy shows up in the middle 
of the mundane. This is where God shows up for you and me. Joy is here. That there's a great hope when I look at the shepherds in that God can show up in your life and in my life right where we are and give us what? Genuine joy. You're routinely going through your day and everyday life and God wants to come and show you and give you joy. Right? You don't have to go on vacation to find joy. Truth of the matter is if we go on vacation to find joy, we take the one thing that's probably keeping us from it and that's what? Us, right? We're the ones that are stressed. We're the ones with an attitude that blocks the barriers in our lives to joy. You don't have to leave your job or your family to find joy. Well, what happened in the lives of the shepherds? The Bible says this, the Lord suddenly stood before them. Love the word suddenly there. It's pretty interesting. We know how that works, right? We get some news and suddenly... Things change for the worse, right? So suddenly you get that phone call, that diagnosis. Suddenly there's an auto accident. Suddenly everything changes. That's typically how we think of that. But the truth is, just as suddenly everything can change for the joy in our lives as well. Everything can change for the better. Right there, right here and right now, now suddenly God can do something new. And we can begin to look at life differently and see the hope and see the love of God no matter what the circumstances are in our lives. That's what happened to those shepherds. Suddenly God showed up. Suddenly joy was there. So the first truth about joy is that it is right here. And God can show up and give you joy. Because joy is not about my circumstances. It's about him suddenly showing up in my life. Joy is here. Secondly, this one comes from the shepherds as well. Joy is sent. There's something uh, about the fact that you can spend the rest of your life trying to discover joy. But the reality is it's something that God sends into your life. He, He sent it to the shepherds and he sends it. To us, right? Luke 2, verses 10 through 12. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you great news of joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there's been born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you'll find a baby wrapped in, in cloths and lying in a manger. So, so joy is here. How, how do you find it? How, how does it come into your Life And there are a lot of different strategies on this, isn't there? Like some people try to work harder to find joy. So some people just think if I work harder, then then somehow if I work hard enough, I'll just be joyful. I'll have enough money and then then everything will be fine. If that were true, the most joyful joyful people in the world would be those that are workaholics, right? We know that that's definitely not true. So it's not a matter of us working harder to discover it. Some people think to be joyful, they'll just ignore all the bad stuff in the world, right? I'll just pretend that all this stuff is just not here, and then I'll just be a joyful person. And those people aren't joyful. They're just blissfully, what, unaware. Joy is recognizing in the realities of life that God is here. How about this one, Uh, Canadian airline WestJet 
2013, on one of their flights did something for, for a lot, not every passenger, for, but for a lot of them. Because before they took off, during Christmas time, they asked each passenger what they wanted for Christmas. And then when they were in the air, they bought that present. When they landed, they gave it to them. And I thought, do we have to wait for something like that to happen for us to have genuine joy? If that was me, I'd probably be the guy that asked for socks and underwear, right? Right, my one chance to get whatever I want and I blow it, right? But is that where we find joy? That this one in a million chance? No, it's not. God wants to bring joy into every one of our lives. It's not found, it's sent. You can spend the rest of your life trying to find what God has already sent. Joy's not created from within, joy's sent from above. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Have you ever thought about the difference between good news and great joy? Like good news becomes great joy when it becomes personal. Did you catch that? Good news becomes great joy when it becomes personal. Like if you won a million dollars, that's great news. I would be happy for you, right? It's great, good, great news. But if I got a letter in the mail this week that said that I won a million dollars, now that's great joy, right? That's the difference. It becomes what? Personal. Christmas is personal. Jesus came for you. He came to let you know that he loves you, that he has a plan for your life, a promise for your life. Jesus has a future for your life. He has a no matter what, I love you for your life. Christmas is personal. And when you come to a place where you know that Jesus was not just sent for the world, yeah, that's true, but he was sent for you. And then all of a sudden, good news becomes great joy. Why? Because joy gets sent in, in, into your life, becomes personal. Notice what happened to the shepherds and, and what they did after they went and saw the child. They did what the angel told them to do. Luke 2, verses 17 and 18, when they had seen this, they had made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them told them by the shepherds, right? They made it known that they went and told somebody. So first joy is sent and then it's shared, right? You tell other people. Notice how the people responded. They were in what? Wonder. That they were astonished, in other words, because the world needs good news. People need good news. Can I just say this morning that those of us who have experienced the joy of Christ in our lives, we have a great opportunity this Christmas season to invite someone to our Christmas Eve services, right? It's one of the best times to invite people to hear the good news, right? To share the good news. So joy is here. Joy is sent into our lives. Then from the wise men, we learn a third shocking truth about joy. Joy is a journey. Joy just doesn't happen in an instant like we want it to, right? These wise men, we all know, started in the east. You remember the story, right? They saw the star that was showed to them that indicated to them that, that the king was going to be born. They left and, and they made this journey. 
Then they went to Bethlehem. And they see this star again. And when, when they see it here, here's what happens, Matthew 2.10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with what? Great joy. Right? They traveled a long way before they were filled with this joy. Right? For them, it was a process, right? It took time. It wasn't instant. It wasn't push the easy button kind of thing. Here, here are some examples of how joy happens. Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Right, it starts with tears and pain, and then out of those tears, as you spend time with God, recognizing that he is there, joy does come, what, in the morning. Jesus said this in John 16, 20, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. We oftentimes cry our way to a place of joy. We, we often grieve our way to a place of joy, knowing that God is here with me in my tears and my grief. We are thankful for his presence. And out of that brings a new kind of joy. That, that goes above the circumstances that we're facing at the moment. People all the time try to find instant joy. They try to make it happen quickly. And then they end up what? Doing the wrong thing. Right? They look for a quick fix, a new thrill, a new drug. Right? They look for a new relationship. And all of a sudden, they're worse off than what they were before. Because what they were looking for was not joy. They're, they're looking for an adrenaline rush. What you need is what? Lasting joy. These wise men, though it happened a long time ago, it reminds us in our lives today that joy is a journey. And for most of us, what we need to do is take the first step in that journey, which is to recognize that God is with us. That's the first step. He, he is with us, whatever you're facing right now. Emmanuel, God is with us. He is with you in the journey. The fourth truth uh, uh, about joy this morning it's one we learned from a guy by the name of Simeon, and that's joy is scary. Not sure how much you know about this guy, Simeon. His words are not as inspiring as the angels. Listen to what he says at the dedication of Jesus. Luke 2, verses 33 through 35, and his father and mother were marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword that will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from uh, many hearts may be revealed. Here's Simeon just saying some honest truth about joy. There are some people when they hear the truth about Jesus they're going to fall. Other people will have great joy. As you see the story play out, you see the reality of it all. The people who fell were the people that were in power. The people who felt like they already had it made. The, the people that, that had something that they wanted to hang on to. Kings like Herod, they fell. Religious leaders like the Pharisees, they fell. Because they were hanging on to what they already had. It was the people that recognized that Jesus came to give them something they never had. Those are the people that found great joy. Same is true today. You and I need to understand that sometimes the scary thing about joy is that you have to let go of the thing that you're holding on to. The thing that you think brings you joy in order to grab on to the joy that only Jesus can give. And you know what? That can be scary. 
See, you can build your whole life on the plan of education or your career or your family or whatever. And you think that's what's going to give you joy in your life. And maybe it does for a while. But then something's going to happen, right? And it's not coming anymore. And so you try to keep hanging on to it a little bit more and a little bit more. But then Jesus comes to you and says, that's not where you'll find true joy. True joy is found in connecting with Jesus. It's found in building a relationship with him. And, and by the way, even if you have a terrible family and awful career, you can still find joy but you can, because you can still connect with Jesus because that's where joy is found. So joy can be scary. Here's a fifth truth about joy. This one we learned from Mary, Jesus' mother. Mary obviously had great joy at Christmas. But when you look closely at Mary's story, you find this truth, that joy is a difficult choice. Yeah, Mary had great joy. She sang a song about it. You can read about it in Luke chapter 1. Here's a couple of verses from the song. In verses 47 and 48, it says, And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. From behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's some serious joy. Here's the thing. With Mary, that's not where she started. It was the decision that she made that, that got her to the point of great joy. Let's take a look at where she started in verses 29 and 30. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I think it's fair to say that Mary was, was confused. She was disturbed. She was afraid. She, she was greatly troubled. That's where Mary started. Here's a teenage girl that just had been told that she was going to have a virgin birth. Okay, can you imagine what's racing through her head? How am I going to explain this one? Who's going to understand how this works? Joseph, he's not a happy camper for sure. This is not going to sit well with anyone. She was greatly troubled. And then a few verses later, we read later, she, she's joyful. What happened? She made a decision. That's what happened. She, she made a difficult decision. She decided to trust God. She decides to trust God rather than putting trust in herself. The thing about joy is that it often scares us at first because you have to let go of the familiar. You have to make a decision to trust God. That's where joy is found. And I don't care if you've been a Christ follower for years or just a little while. It's always easier to trust in yourself than to trust in God. Jesus is our example in this, by the way. It's exactly what he did. He decided to trust the will of the Father so that he could experience joy. Look at Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that is set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus took the, a, a look, he, or Jesus was able to look past the horror of the cross because he trusted God that on the other side of that difficult choice was going to be joy. Right? The joy of the redeemed. The joy of rescuing people for all eternity. Jesus teaches that that's what he wants us to do, experience joy as well. The night before he died, 
He, he's talking to his disciples. Here's what he teaches about joy to them. John 15, verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus is going to die the next day. He's going to be resurrected three days later. And he's teaching his disciples about joy. He wants them to know what's going to happen. And he says, this is what I want for you. I want you to have the fullest amount of joy possible. Jesus wants that for you and I as well. The fullest amount of joy possible. Possible. So the question is, how do we cooperate with him to make that happen? How do we uh, bring this joy into our lives? How do we cooperate with Jesus? Well, we can do what these people the first Christmas have taught us. We can stop chasing after what God has already sent. We can take the first step on the journey, understanding that God is with us. We can make the difficult decision to trust God instead of trusting in ourselves. Here, here's my challenge for you today. My challenge for you is not to choose to be discouraged for the rest of your life because there's a lot in our world that you can be discouraged about. It's not to choose to be angry, uh, an angry person for the rest of your life. Certainly, there's a lot to be angry about. In fact, you could choose to be bitter, and there's a lot to be bitter about for sure. Or you can choose joy. Right? The story of Christmas. The good news of Christmas is that you can choose to be a joyful person. Because there's a lot to be joyful about. The good news of Jesus, the good plan that Jesus has for your life, the grace of God, the goodness of God in your life. A, a ton to be joyful about. So my question for you this morning is, what, what is it going to be? Well, will you choose joy? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word today. My, my prayer today. Is that we all, under the sound of my voice this morning, would make the difficult decision to be joyful. To, to put our trust in Jesus and not in ourselves. To, to have true joy in our lives this Christmas. God, we just want to thank you again for sending Jesus to be born in, in, in that stable in, in Bethlehem. So that he could die and we could have eternal life. The joy of spending all eternity with you. We give you thanks this morning.